Hi, everyone. One note before we get to the homily. The Servants Christ Jesus podcast is now live on Apple Podcasts, so it would be a huge help for us if you could go there, subscribe to the podcast, first of all, and then secondly, if you could go ahead and leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. That helps get the visibility of the podcast out there, allows more people to hear the preaching, uh, Father Paul, and hopefully more of the servants as the time goes on. Um, So that'd be amazing. So again, go to Apple Podcasts, click that subscribe button, press that subscribe button, and leave a five-star review Thank you, and on to the homily. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. This homily from Father Paul Koska comes from the fourth Sunday of Easter. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. When I first was reading the readings for uh, today, I thought it was either a joke, like somebody had messed it up intentionally, or... It was a, uh, an error on the ibrevery that this gospel passage was so, so short uh, because normally the gospel passage is much more expansive. And so it's in some ways challenging to preach on something that's so short. And yet, I think the reason why the church chose to give us just this short amount of reading is to point out something to us, to have us highlight a particular reality to us that maybe would be lost when we just have a really long reading. And so it's uh, something that I'll get to um, in a little bit to talk about the gospel. But in the Acts of the Apostles, we have Paul and Barnabas who are encountering resistance. Paul and Barnabas who go to preach the gospel in Antioch, which is uh, an area, not the main Antioch in Syria, but another Antioch uh, where they go to preach the gospel and they preach in a synagogue. And mind you, Paul himself is Jewish, right? So it's a Jewish guy going to a synagogue to preach about Jesus and they experience rejection. And uh, those that rejected Paul were not only rejecting him, but they were filled with jealousy and they didn't just reject what he is saying, but they publicly contradicted what Paul was trying to teach. And so it was a challenging experience to receive this rejection. And yet Paul doesn't collapse under the weight of the rejection that he experiences, but Paul experiences the Lord speaking to him. Because then St. Paul and Barnabas will both proclaim something. They will say, For the Lord has commanded us to go to the Gentiles, for He has said to us, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may be an instrument of salvation to the ends of the earth. Now this was not something new per se from the Lord. What is being quoted here is from the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, God through the prophet Isaiah tells the people of Israel back in Isaiah's time that they're not just called to be a holy people. It's not just like they're supposed to be good people in and of themselves and it's just about them becoming holy. Rather, what Isaiah says to the people of Israel is that I have made you as the people of Israel a light to the nations to carry my salvation to the ends of the earth. And so the Israelites in a particular way, we're supposed to be a light to the nations. One of the temptations that they faced 
and we see this in the time of Jesus, is where they simply separate themselves off and they isolate themselves uh, from the Gentiles, sort of a, an end to itself. Um, and so there's this call by the Lord to the people of Israel and then through the people of Israel in a particular way to Paul and Barnabas and then to us uh, that we are supposed to be a light to the nations. That we are not just called to become holy ourselves, even though we are called to become holy, but that holiness then is supposed to lead us to become missionaries. Hence why Pope Francis talks about becoming a missionary disciple. It's not just a disciple, but a missionary disciple, one that goes out and preaches the gospel. And so we are invited uh, to imitate St. Paul in that generosity of going to the nations. And we're also called to have a openness of heart, even when we experience difficulty and struggle and opposition, to be open to what the Lord is doing, to be open to the grace of the Holy Spirit working and speaking through us. In the book of Revelation, we have this encounter, uh, this revelation, this vision given to us through the Apostle John, where he sees those that have cleansed themselves with the blood of the Lamb. Cleanse themselves of the blood of the Lamb, that not that they are holy in and of themselves, but they become holy because of the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. And then it describes what it's like after you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. It says they will stand before the throne of God, they will worship Him day and night in His temple, they will not hunger or thirst anymore. And it goes on to say that the Lamb will shepherd them. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When it says God will wipe away the tears from their eyes, it doesn't mean that they won't experience suffering. It doesn't say God will take away their tear ducts and they will never cry. Right? It says that God will wipe away the tears from their eyes so that God will give resolution, God will give comfort even in the midst of the tears that they experience. God will provide life-giving water to them, that the Lord will shepherd them and lead them. And then it ultimately brings us to today's gospel, where we hear Jesus say, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. The weird thing about that verse is that I would normally think to my myself, My sheep hear my voice, they know me, and they follow me. But Jesus does not say that. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, which makes sense. I know them, and they follow me. That is a profound reality that when we hear the voice of the Lord, it's not just that we know the Lord, but even more so that it's He knows us that He knows us in the depths of who we are. And one of the fundamental challenges of life is actually living out this gospel. My sheep hear my voice. Because the question be can become, how do I actually hear the voice of the Lord? How do I hear the voice of Jesus? Amidst the cacophony of a million different voices, how do I actually hear the voice of Jesus? And if I think I hear the voice of Jesus. How do I actually know that it's the voice of Jesus and not myself? So I'll enlighten you a little bit, hopefully. 
So first is, I'll give you an example from my own life, and I, I honestly can't remember if I've, I've shared this before, but nonetheless, if I've shared this story before, I apologize. So brother, let's see. The best example I can give, well, one of the examples I can give about hearing the voice of the Lord was um, a number of years ago, uh, I was in the chapel, and I don't even know if we had the Blessed Sacrament yet. It was that long ago. We had a chapel in our house, and I was in that chapel praying, and it was right around the time that Pope John Paul II's beatification had been announced. Now, now he's canonized and everything, but at that time, he, his, he had uh, been, the announcement of his beatification had happened, and so I'm in the chapel praying, and I, in the depths of my heart, I hear the Lord telling me, you're called to go to Rome for the beatification, which is consoling to me, right? But then I'm like questioning myself, like, do I just want to go to the beatification of John Paul II because I'll get United Frequent Flyer Miles and, you know, uh, build up my flight status or whatever, um, which is a real temptation for me. And so I, I bring it before the Lord again in that prayer time, and it seems like the Lord is still saying, like, go to this beatification. So I then go share it with Father John. I'm like, Father John, I know you know that I like frequent flyer miles, all that kind of stuff, but this is like actually something I feel like Jesus told me to, that we're supposed to go to the beatification of John Paul II in Rome. And so he's like, well, pray about it another day and then come back to me again. So I pray about it again, and again, the Lord confirms it. And so then we end up going to the beatification, which it was awesome to go to Rome, right? It's consoling to go to Rome and to see the beautiful churches and eat the beautiful food um, and all of that. But the most profound thing was, I remember when being at the beatification mass when Pope Benedict, who was Pope at the time, made the pronouncement that Pope John Paul II was now beatified. And so there's this formal declaration that the Pope reads. I remember standing there at that Mass at that moment when the declaration happened, there was a palpable grace that I experienced. It was the most like physically palpable grace I had ever probably experienced in my life. And I believe that that was part, going to that Mass and being at that Mass and having the intercession of Pope John Paul II was part of the reason why a few years later, I think it was a year or two later, Father John and I got ordained in 2013. I think it was a grace from that Mass. That's my conviction. Um, and so it was because, in a sense, I was obedient to the voice of the Lord in the chapel before I was ever ordained a priest that, in my opinion, I ever got ordained a priest. It was through the intercession of Pope John Paul II, because neither Father John nor I had gotten ordained. Nobody from the community had ever been ordained. There was no guarantee at the t when I was in fourth theology that I was ever going to get ordained. Um, and so there was this palpable grace. So the thing I can say to you is you have to trust the Lord first and foremost. You have to trust your own heart to receive what the Lord has. And then part of it is sometimes, you know, testing, like sharing with somebody in authority like I did with Father John. But then it's ultimately just seeing if the Lord confirms it. And then follow it. 
even if it doesn't make all that much sense, like even if it doesn't, there's not like a rational explanation for it, try to trust in the Lord because the Lord is faithful. The Lord is abundantly faithful. The Lord is absurdly generous if we are obedient to His voice. And He will take care of us. He will take care of all the details. He took care of the details in getting us to Rome and all that kind of stuff because we are faithful to Him. Because Jesus will give us what we need. Jesus promises us today in the Gospel of John, I give them eternal life. There's no greater gift that we can receive than eternal life. I mean, Jesus gives that to us today. And He gives us a gift, and then He promises that no one can ever take us out of the Father's hand. That the Father is the greatest. And so we don't have to be afraid if we're willing to listen to His voice and trust in Him. So my prayer for you this week is that you listen to the voice of Jesus. That you hear the voice of Jesus and you listen to it. And may the Lord abundantly bless um, your week as you continue to seek Him.